The following shear has been presented by Rav Yitzchak Grossman, Dayan at the Beis Havad, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. For more information about the center or for halachic services and resources, please call 1-888-485-VAD or visit thehalachacenter.org. Kedushin, Dafpeh, our previous lecture for Dafayan Tess discussed the question of the establishment of Mamzerus based on DNA testing. We noted that, on the one hand, Rav Chaim David Regensburg takes for granted that we do accept the science of DNA testing and halacha will establish mamzeris based on an unequivocal DNA result. He argues that since the science is certain, unequivocal, leaves no room for doubt, halacha accepts its conclusion and we will establish mamzeris based on a conclusive DNA test. On the other hand, we noted that many postkim, perhaps most postkim, most notably of Russia Weiss, are reluctant or downright refuse to establish mamzeris based on DNA testing. They give a number of reasons, some more convincing than others, some more speculative, some more solid. In our previous lecture, we discussed Rav Asher Weiss's reason that, other posts can too, that the idea of umdana or of simanim, we don't actually know something directly through witnesses or through our own re'iyah. Baharag Baraglav, we saw the murder victim himself come in, we saw the murder happen, Adam told us that. The Torah tells us we believe Adam. If you don't actually have that, if you just have umdana, circumstantial evidence, or Rav Asher argues that DNA testing is like simanim, matching things due to corresponding features of simanim, all these things, they might work in certain areas of halacha, but they don't work, maybe not even for mominus, certainly not for nefashis. You don't execute someone, Rav Asher Weiss explains, based on umdana or simanim. Similarly, Rav Asher says you don't, you don't establish from zeris based on simanim, you don't establish from Zeris based on DNA testing. There are a number of other explanations given by Postkim for why we should not use DNA testing to establish from Zeris. One of the most striking is that offered by Rav Shlomo Aviner, also by Rav Mordechai Willig, as explained by Rav Chaim Jachter. Rav Shlomo Aviner was asked about a man who suspected that one of his children was not really his, did a DNA test, which in, indeed indicated that it was not his child, should we establish, should we publicize the results, should we establish that the child is a mamzer? He says, no, we should not. We do not rely on the DNA test. We do not rely on such types of forensic testing to establish from Zerus. Why not, he says. Science is pretty reliable. Why shouldn't we rely on scientific testing? So Rav Aviner says that the Torah was not given to Malachi Asharis. The Torah doesn't rely on science. The Torah was not given to Malachi Asharis, nor to Bali Microscope nor to Bali Telescope. Lo Yitachin, he says, it's impossible that a hundred years ago this child would not have been considered a mamzer. Now that we have more advanced technology, now we make him a mamzer. Can't be, says Rav Aviner. It's against Seichel. The Torah was given to Re'i Espenei Adam. He gives one example that if an oath of the Torah looks like it's complete to the naked eye, under a microscope we see it has a crack. Doesn't matter, he says. Here too, if according to a we can see without science, he's okay. The fact that science says he's a mamzer doesn't change our opinion. Rav Chaim Jachter, explaining an idea of, of Ramor Chaiwilig, quotes a whole slew of examples where this principle applies, that we don't follow we don't follow science where the naked eye doesn't indicate that. A bunch of Achronim say that you can eat insects if the insects can't be seen without a magnifying glass. Ramosha Feinstein says that the Rivu of Tefillin, we don't need to use a microscope to establish it. Dov Misharim says that we don't need to use a magnifying glass to establish that the letters in the Teretara Mukavigvil, if they're not touching, 
to Paris Israel says that a fish whose scales are visible only when viewed with a magnifying glass is not kosher. He's actually using the Svar Lechumra, an animal with a hole in its lung. If you can only see it with a magnifying glass and not a trefas, that's a kula. Evan Nikara says that a Tanakh whose letters are not visible to the naked eye doesn't have Kedusha. Yosef Masas says an esrog with a pagam that needs a magnifying glass to be seen is not possible. So you have all these ideas that, that halacha depends on what we can see with the naked eye. Halacha doesn't take into account things which you cannot see with the naked eye, nor to balei a microscope, nor to balei a telescope, and therefore we can argue halacha does not take into account DNA testing, forensic, forensic tissue testing that requires the aid of equipment and chemicals and are not visible to the naked eye. Now, Lachara, this is a Pelat tumor to say such a svara. All the examples where the post can be used such svaras, these are cases where these are cases where the reality itself is not visible to the naked eye. The hole and the hole in the, the the crack in the letter or the hole in the esrog or the square of the tefillin, those are the fa- those are the things that Torah cares about. If they aren't visible to the naked eye, they don't count. Here there's a, there's a concrete macroscopic question. Who is the father of the child? Either, either the husband is the father or the husband's not the father. How we know about it might come about through microscopic, through microscopic uh, methods, through methods that are not visible to the naked eye. But the fact itself that we're concerned with, the question of parentage, that is a macroscopic question. That's a question that Halakha certainly does care about. Since when do you ever see that if the means of evidence is, is microscopic, requires a microscope, that doesn't count. Where do you ever see such a thing? Even the case of the fins and the scales, even if we argue that the fins and scales are simonim, but there again, the Torah doesn't give us any concrete definition of what a kosher fish is other than fins and scales. There, the, the Torah phrases the definition in terms of the fins and scales. Fins and scales that are not visible to the naked eye don't count. But here, the basic question we're concerned with is, who is the father? Is Reuben the father or Shimon the father? That's a question that most certainly does count. The fact that we proved it through a microscopic through microscopic tissue, through microscopic genes and molecules, so what? Why, why should that make a difference? Seems to be a tremendous chiddush and tamuah even to say that in uh, to say that in such a case we apply this klal, even though it's a well-established klal in the poskim, this does not seem to be a this does not seem to be at all a traditional use of the principle. Now there is one shuva, one shuva of the Avnei Chayfet who does suggest something similar. He was once asked about a case. A woman sent a pair of fowl to her friend in another town. The fowl were not cooked. They were nimlach, they were salted, they were not cooked. The recipient found a shila of trefus in one of the fowl. She took it to the rub. The rub said that it is a shila, it's a suffolk trefus, you can't eat it. The question is, what about the other fowl? They weren't cooked together, but they were nimlach, and they might have been nimlach together. So it's a suffolk. Maybe they were nimlach together, maybe they were not nimlach together. So, Dabnechefer discusses the question, maybe we could say that it is a Svex Vega. He says, well, maybe not. Maybe it's not a Svex Vega. Because the halacha is a Svex Vega, which is Efshir Levrure, your Mechuyev to Mavar. So he says, here we can be Mavar. How can we be Mavar, whether the birds were Nimlach together or not? The woman's in the other town. By the time you sent her a letter, by the time you visited her, it would be too late. The, the, the shallow wouldn't be relevant anymore. How is it Efshir Levrure? He says, well, today we have an invention called the telephone. You go to the post office in your town, you pay them money, they connect you with another town, you can ask the, the sender, the donor, a question, ask where they nimlach together. Maybe that's called Efshel of Rure. He says, no, it's not Efshel of Rure. Why not? First of all, he says, using this telephone thing is very expensive, he says, and the halacha is, you're not mechuyiv timavar, 
if it, if the biru would come at significant expense. Also, he applies this cloud of the Torah doesn't doesn't take into account tachbulas. He gives various examples, some of the ones we discussed, that the halachas of the Torah are based on what humans can do naturally without the aid of modern newfangled technology. He says Efshel Levure similar would depend on what we can remember based on our own our own capabilities, our own inherent capabilities without tachbulas, without newfangled things like telephones. Now, I don't know if Avner Chayfetz would actually say this was that even today, making a phone call, certainly it's not expensive. The first svarah certainly doesn't apply generally. Even the second svarah, that the Torah doesn't take into account newfangled things, I don't know if you would still say the telephone, you would still look at the telephone as a newfangled thing in the 21st century. But, he, but even when he said it, even 100 years ago when he said such a svarah, he, he wasn't saying that if you actually made the phone call and got information, we would disregard it because of information, we would throw out the information, we would overlook it because it came about through a newfangled invention. He's just saying you're not mechayiv to do the test. Maybe you wouldn't be mechayiv, according to him, to do a DNA test, even if, to, to clarify a question. But to say, as Rav Aviner and Rav Willick suggest, and Rav Jachter seems to like this far to say, that we ignore the results of a test because the test involved a microscope, that seems to be a Dover pellet. Recently, I actually attended a lecture of, by Ramosha Heinemann, where he discussed this cloud in general at length, too. He was discussing the question of genetic manipulation, the question of if you insert a gene from, let's say, a turkey into a tomato, does the tomato then become flashic? Does it, is it considered part turkey? So he basically said no. He said the halacha doesn't take into account microscopic things. Since the genes are not visible, we don't see the genes, we don't taste the turkey and the tomato, he says, Halacha would not, if you do taste the turkey and the tomato, that might be a problem, but if you don't taste the turkey and you don't see the genes, he elaborated at length that this idea that Torah does not take into account microscopic things. So I actually approached him and I asked him, does he think that this application to DNA testing would be a legitimate application of the principle? He did not see it. He said, he took for granted that halacha does not require you to ignore science, to ignore scientific conclusions. If the scientific conclusion is that this child is a mamzer, and this svara, that, that the testing involves things that are not visible to the naked eye, would not be a relevant factor. So I think that this svara of the Rav Aviner, Rav Willig, and Rav Jachter is somewhat difficult. In a follow-up lecture, we'll discuss a number of other svaras that Rav Asher Weiss and others have, have given for why we would, not use, we would not use DNA testing to establish mamzeris. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Base Havad Halacha Center. To sign up for the Halacha Center's weekly interactive e-journal, please email subscribe to info at thehalachacenter.org.